Welcome to the Gutch Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thanks so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word from my dad, Pastor Bill Shear. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutschurch.com. I wasn't raised in church, just to preface all this. Sandy was kind of, she was Episcopal. And um, which you guys that aren't aware, that's a a little different than this. Um, But we always had vision of church that, and and I'll tell you why. Um, I walked into church in June of 1979 and left there and was never the same. But the experience at church wasn't great. Um, There were none of my kind there. It was super weird. It was funky. It was like I, I, I couldn't relate to any of it, okay? But that pastor spoke life into me, and something ha- happened in me. And then invited me to go fishing. And, you know, if, if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you want to go fishing, what do you say? You say, well, sure. He said, okay, I'll pick you up at 4 o'clock. I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Why don't you say you want to go fishing at four o'clock and then I've got a different answer. So I go fishing with him and it's, it's like, I'm thinking the sun's not even up yet. It's so humid. And we're in this nasty pond, like catching carp or something. I don't know what we're catching, something. And it, but then he goes, Hey, you want to go come back tomorrow? And I'm like, sure. I'd love to. And then he said, Hey, you want to go to Tulsa? And I'm like a road trip. He goes, yeah, we're going to go to camp meeting. And I'm like, I don't know what camp meeting means to you guys, but I had no idea what it meant. But it's a road trip, so we came. Next thing you know, I'm applying to go to Bible school, and then I'm rejected. I, they, they told me no. And, and, then, and then I was, I was angered, so I went. And then I moved to Tulsa, and then I, I met some people that I'm still in covenant with and dear with, Jeff and Patsy Perry and Charlie and Joe LeBlanc and people that, that have just served God for decades and have been incredible. And then I meet Sandy and we get married and we, we went to Dallas and, and I coach football. And then we went to, we went to Southern California and we we're in the ministry. And then, but we always knew we wanted to come back to Tulsa. This is funny because it wasn't come back to Tulsa to start a church. It was come back to Tulsa because this is where we wanted to raise our kids. See, and I say that where this is a place you can raise your kids. It's not just, we, we just, man, my heart just pounces. I do. I will go to war for Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay? I am in this neck deep. But, but the idea is to raise our kids. We wanted to raise our kids in Tulsa. We wanted to raise our kids where there were neighborhood schools. And Sandy was in, involved with all the PTA stuff and, and, and mom stuff and everything about it. But, but the, the thing about it is what happened then is the church came from that. And I want you guys to know, especially you guys that are relatively new, this is our family. This is an extension of our home. That's what hopefully you're experiencing today. And so hopefully people are going to be kind to you. Hopefully, listen, no, we live our lives, you know, if you've, if you've been churched at all, you're going to be, be a part of an offering where somebody will say, man, give, it'll be given back to you. Good measure, press out, shaking together, running over. The men will give to your account. How many of you guys have heard that a hundred times, okay? It's not a standalone verse. What Jesus said was, 
Don't judge, don't condemn, forgive and give, and God will give back to you. Good measure, press out, shake it together, and running over. See, so the don't judge, don't condemn, forgive part precedes the giving part. It's easy for me to give. It's harder for me to not be critical. It's harder for me not to judge. It's harder for me to forgive. But then when I realize, wait a second, if I could give, I could forgive. If I could give, I could not judge. If I could, if I could give, I could not be critical. Because let me tell you, with, with people, just like with churches, there's always something. There's always something that, and, and you'll say, why? Because God's saying, look, don't be pointing out the speck in his eye when there's a log in yours. I realize that I notice the specks in people's eyes and I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, let me help you. That what comes back to my remembrance is, wait a second, I'm looking at this through the wrong lens because the lens I'm looking at has a log in it. See, and we have to look at that. We have to understand it, that we weren't raised in church like this. So what we want to do is my aim, my, my, my ambition today is to make this so simple that you could catch it, tuck it, and go score. I mean, I mean it's, we, we are in the huddle calling plays that the intent of that play is to go score. And listen, you may have to break a tackle. You may get hit. You have to count on other people doing their jobs, throwing the block, filling the gap, doing whatever they have to do. Setting the edge. Let me tell you, if the leadership of this church can simply set the edge, man, that swing pass that you catch over on the side, man, you can take it down the sideline and go score in life. That's the idea here. That's what guts is all about, to help you win. I believe the call on your life is to win, period. No matter what you're going through, no matter what the situation is. See, there's people out there that will say, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. You know, you know what's bad? The world has adopted that and given trophies for people that just show up. Championship rings for showing up. You know what? That, the, the, the idea of the kingdom is God causes us to triumph. And he, that's the cause on, on our lives now. See, it, it, it does matter that you win. It does matter that, it, but the world's going to say it, I believe, because the church has said it doesn't matter who wins. It's how you play the game. That's absolutely false. Man, I'm telling you, we set our prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's what causes us to win, no matter what, every single day. You know, Matthew 16, 18, Jesus was asking them, who, who do you say that I am? And he said, well, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Simon said this. And then in verse 18, Jesus said, and also I say to you, Peter. The guys around him had to be going, wait, what, how come he gets to be the rock? Wait, he, that's Simon. He said, I'll call you Peter. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. And he said, the gates of Hades won't prevail against it. You know what's interesting is we, in, we bought into this this religious notion that we're under attack. There's a demonic attack that it's like, let me, let me help you. The attack that we suffer is always to put us on defense. 
If you stay on the offensive in your life, if you stay on offense, if you speak the word in season and out of season, if you are steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, you're on offense every single day of your life. And let me tell you what God does. He causes you to triumph. He causes you to score. See, the, the idea of this is, is we're, we're creating Christ Jesus for great works just to walk in them. It's not to be on the defensive. But see, there, there's, there's, there's things that happen. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust alike. What happens when, what do we do when bad things happen? You know what we do? We get on our dadgum horse. And you know what we do? We speak the word in season and out of season. And what does it do? It, it, it reminds the devil he has no teeth. He has no claws. He has no armor. That his, weapon, his weapons don't work against us. So you get a diagnosis, and, and, and it's like, well, I'm sorry, but you've got a tumor. You've got cancer. Don't be sorry, because that cancer doesn't have me, because I've already given my trust to God. I'm not trusting any other reports. So, oh, you say I have it? Well, let me help you. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. I'm created, Christ. I will fulfill God's purpose on this earth, and my days will be long on this earth. Doesn't matter what the diagnosis is, but what's the devil going to try to do? Give you some fear. He wants, he, 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 see, my agenda, my objective every time we come in here, it's important to me that we make this easy, simple, for, for you to be able to hear it and apply it. I mean, without the application of this, nothing happens. You have to apply it to your life. See, the word has to be relevant and authentic, proficient in our lives. See, when I, th when I say everything you put your hand to prospers, there's a proficiency to, to that, that it's like, wait a second, this is the truth. The facts are things come and go. The facts are the, the, the market goes up and goes down. The kingdom doesn't go up and down. God's not schizophrenic. See, we've got to understand that. God's plan for us as a church is to make disciples. See, in order, to make, in order for that, we've got to teach people how to win. That's what a disciple does. Oh, these are those that have turned the world upside down, and now they're with us. See, no weapon formed against you can take over. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't say that no weapon, there's not going to be a weapon formed against you. No, let me tell you, the devil hates the finished work of Christ in your life. Hates it. Can I help you? It's nothing personal. He hates what God's done in your life. You know why? It's the victory that he got kicked out of when he got booted out of heaven. See, and the world is growing more and more. And, and, and I'll tell you, the church has to take responsibility. The Bible says the judgment starts in the house of God. See, the world's growing more and more hostile to every Christian and godly principle there is. And, and I believe the church for generations has opened the door for that. See, but let me just help you. In this house, just like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You, you do whatever you got to do. You do you. But as for me and my house, it's Jesus. He's the king. And what we have to understand is 
We can't let the world define church. We define church. See, and when I say what what does church mean to you, it's it's not subjective to what you've experienced. We've all had people that have let us down. We've all been a part of broken systems, whether it's business or family or the church. But that doesn't mean that this can't be the church without spot or wrinkle that the one that you attach your life to. See, COVID wiped out 40% of church-going people that didn't come back to church after COVID, 40%. Before COVID, it was the statistics, and I know that they can play with statistics, but just, just to give you some context, before COVID, the average church-going, committed Christian went to church 1.3 times a month. And I, that troubled me because I thought, I don't know that we can really help people 1.3 times a month, especially with all the information and all the the videos and all the content that's been being thrown at them. Well, now it's not 1.3 times a month post-COVID. Now it's once every two months is people coming to church. And I'm like, golly, I'd, I'd like to tell you we can be effective, but I don't see how. I'd love to be able to say, I work out once every two months. Look how fit I am. No, any of you guys that know the physiology of training and our bodies, that we begin to start losing our fitness 48 hours after we quit working out. 48 hours you start, start losing your fitness. I, I believe spiritually it's much less than that. And it's not, it's not that you're going to lose your grip. See, I think that's too much of... The, 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 we, we put, the concept of church is that, man, man, when you get to the end of your rope, your rope tie a knot in it and hang, just hang on. Just hang. That's not what the word says. The word says this, everywhere the sole of your foot lands, you possess it. The word says, be fruitful, multiply, subdue it, and take dominion. See, there's a, there's a, a dominant attitude that we've got to have where it's like, wait a second, this sounds like a takeover mentality. Well, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of thereof, and we're inheritors of it. See, we have to understand that. You guys as a family, let me tell you, your family, there's probably a will and a testament, and there's, there's an inheritance that people get that are related to you that you care about. Well, now people that just come in and say, I make Jesus Lord of my life, you become an inheritor of this. And it's not subject to just one man or one family's fortune. It's the whole, it's the whole earth. It's, a, it's everything about it. See, we have to go on the offense about the local church. And I'll tell you why. Because the world is going on the offense against the local church. And let me tell you, they want to redefine church for us. And if you think that what, what they're saying about gender and all kinds of other things, like sexual immorality and and, and just everything that's out there doesn't come against the church. The Bible says God created male and female. Period. Well, everything else, everything else sticks its thumb in the heart of God. And see, we've got to look at this and, and understand that we've got to go on the offense as church, and that can't happen once every two months. 
Really, it can't happen. It can't happen what, every Sunday. I mean, let me tell you, these Sundays for, are, are special times. That's why you're here. I mean, you look at it. There's people that have been here. I looked at Richard Seltzer, who's just standing at the door, working security in the junior kids. He's been here 30 years doing that. Man, I talked to this guy, and he's like, well, this is amazing. I said, no, no, you don't get it. The caliber of men and women that are in his church, it, it's, it's, off the, it's off the chains. It's over the top. And I said, look at that guy right over there. And he looked. I said, that guy's been doing that for 30 years. And guess what? Our children are safe and secure. People serving our kids don't have to worry about coming in and being an idiot. Because that idiot didn't get by Richard. See, and we've got to understand that. I'm, I'm big on, on keeping it simple. Your next step is when the this, this service ends in 10 minutes, that you stay 15 minutes afterwards. Don't just run to your truck. Man, and then you know what your next step is? Come 15 minutes early next time you come. See, I'm not asking you to come more often. I'm not only asking you to come more often. I'm asking you to come more often for a longer time. There's such a strong foundation of people that, that have come that, and build for you to build a healthy life and, and then become a super spreader of the good news, a super spreader of the gospel. Man, the world is so into likes and follows and influence and influencers and peddlers of whatever. And let me tell you, and we just sit back and just watch the world go by. Man, I'm telling you right now, God's given us a cause. And that cause is the local church. The only hope there is is the local church. I'm just telling you. Romans 8, 10, 19, you, you, you look at all the anxiety that's in the world. Have you guys heard about all the new anxiety? Everybody's so anxious. You know why? It goes right back to what the Word says, that the world is anxiously awaiting for the appearance of the sons of God. Why is, the world, why is there so much anxiety? Because we're sitting on our hands, thinking that we don't have any responsibility in all this stuff. What difference could I make? I'm just one vote. Do you understand? The kingdom's not a democracy. All that matters may be your vote. Are you listening to me? I'm telling you, all God needs is one person. All God needs is one person to plug into the church, to get, get, to buy in and sell out and you know what? I believe entire groups of people get saved and come to the kingdom. You know, it's, it's interesting because we're in Italy, and it, it isn't a place where they don't, have never heard of church. But I'm telling you, I don't know what's worth, worse is people, tribes in the jungle or people in India or China that have never heard or people that have, have buildings that are 1,800 and 2,000 years old that have housed church, and that's what they look at it as. I don't know which is worse. I, I want to say, say having heard and not believing might be. We've got to go on the offense. Ephesians 1.23 in the New King James. It says, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all. That's what the church is. 
Listen to what the message says. The message says the church is Christ's body. And the church here is talking about a local group of people like us. We're Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. So we're looking at it. We're looking at things and it's like, wait, what responsibility do we have in all this? The ultimate. In Acts, the fifth chapter, the disciples, it said every day they went into the temple and into every house. And they didn't seek teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Listen to the wording there. They didn't just preach Jesus Christ and just, no, they preached Jesus as the Christ. Because let me tell you, what, I, what dawned on me before I became a Christian is this Jesus stuff's real. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, Paul writes, and you understand, Paul wrote letters from prison. And it wasn't like wait, him waiting to be released or paroled. He was in a Roman prison that the next step was execution. So here he's writing this letter. It's when he's thinking, wait, I've, I've done all this stuff. It's better for me to go. For you, it's better to stay, that I stay, but I'd rather go. And then he realized, I'm not done. The vision's not complete. Man, there's so much more for me. Sir, there's so much more for you. The Bible says, I hasn't seen nor heard nor has entered in the heart of man. The great things that God has just in front of us, on the tip of our tongue, the tip of, it's within our, it, I'm telling you, it's all within our reach. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. A wind of doctrine is a teaching without a basis. Jesus said, you want to know where I come from? You don't even know where the wind comes from. Man, people in the world are thinking, man, the wind's blowing. To the, blowing. It's a northerly, and they, they think they figured it out. They don't know where it comes from. They, science still doesn't know where it comes from. And see, here we are. Like children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, a teaching without a basis, which becomes a lie and deception. By the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Let me tell you, the world is going to sell you. They are great at it. And they're, it's trickery. And it's evil plotting. But here's what Paul said, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together. Now listen, where every joint supplies, the missing part of your life is in the joining in God's church, where every joint supplies. That's just what the word says. I didn't make this up according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Let me ask you, if we'd call time out right now, brought a spiritual forensics team in, and they dust this place for fingerprints and evidence of ministry, would yours be in there? I'm just saying. Where every joint supplies. We're not going to be tricked by men. Man, those guys are slick talkers, man. Fast talkers. And, and, but here's, here's how we have to look at it. According to the effective working by where every part does its share. And what, what does that do? It causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Man, 
How come you preachers want to have big churches? Because it's not about, it's about growth. Because let me tell you, if we're growing, that's a great indicator. And you know what? I believe growth in the church brings growth in your marriage, brings growth in your, in your family with your kids, brings growth in your finances, brings growth in your, in your resources, brings growth in your wealth. I want to know how many places you're going to go that are going to quote the verse, God gives you the power to get wealth to establish his covenant. Oh, we don't want to preach that prosperity gospel. I'm going to. Because the, uh, the flip side is the poverty gospel. And let me tell you, that's a curse. And there's too many li- people living in the poverty that the enemy's trying to make you feel holy. Well, yeah, those rich people. No, let me tell you something. Man, we, you've got to understand. What did, Peter went to pay. He said, look, I got to go fishing because I got to pay my taxes. Jesus said, hey, the first fish you catch, because you got to get back here and help. The first fish you catch, you put your hand in the mouth and take the money out of that fish's mouth and pay your taxes. And Peter's walking around thinking, what did he say? I've been fishing all my life. I've never had money in a fish's mouth. And then Jesus said, whoa, whoa, what, what the? Hey, Peter, pay mine too. And what happened? That first fish he caught, he pulled money out of it, paid his and Jesus' taxes, and was right back in the game. I'm just asking you to get in the game. I'm asking you not to let the world define church to you, not to let the world define family to you. You're allowed to know what, your, what teachers are teaching your children. You're allowed to know what books they're asking your children to read. You're allowed, no, hold it, hold it. I'm not getting on a soapbox. I'm asking you to be godly parents is all I'm doing. Man, you sit down and you discuss with your kids what's going on. You sit down and you, you tell them, look, there's, this is a safe place. And I'll tell you, I, I, and I'm not just saying this, I've learned from the best. Sandy Shear is the best parent I have ever seen. But let me tell you, it doesn't just happen. You've got you've to absolutely put your, yourself in, that, in your, your kid's life, every part of their life. Well, I don't, I, man, the coach doesn't play me. I, I don't want to play. Well, you don't have to play next year, but you can't quit this year. Yeah, but it's not fair. It's not right. I get it, but you're not going to quit. Man, what if you taught your kids they don't quit? What? Because let me tell you what my doctrine is. If you don't quit, you win. And let me just tell you, God, the call of God on your life is to win. Why else would the Bible say everything you put your hand to prospers? Why else would the Bible say what what the enemy means for bad, God turns to good? You know why? Eliminates your excuses. Eliminates your explanations. Man, here's what God's saying. I, I, the voice of God into your life, the word of God for your life leaving the service is now go win. Go show them. See, that's what the Bible says, show forth his glory. Do you understand that the light has come, his glory has risen upon us? <laughs> See, I think we... we, we we like to think, well, God, God's glory. I don't want to touch God's glory. Really? God's not only calling you to touch it. He's giving it to you. He's putting it on your life. His light has come. His glory has risen upon you. 
Man, don't let religion keep you from who God's called you to be and the great life that, let me tell you, the world doesn't have a say in it. I'm telling you what right now. Sharpen your definitions. Know what God's mercy is. Know what God's grace is. Know what God's love is. Know what God's strength is. Know what God's power is. It's strength that brought Jesus to the cross. It's power that walked him out of that tomb. Let me tell you, you want them both. None of that's in my notes. I don't know what I'm doing right now. It's somebody's fault here that caused me to rant for a minute. Get over yourself. God hadn't called you to lose. It matters that you win. He's your dad. But you know what? We're training kids to take, we're training church people to take third strikes and blame the umpire. We don't take third strikes here. Did I tell the men about the retreat yet? We have a retreat the last weekend in September. We have 300 spaces available, and like half of them are already taken up. I'm just telling you, it's a strategic step in your life, fellas, to be at that retreat. And I get it. You've got a yoke of oxen, and you've got 40 acres, and you've taken a wife, and your dad's dying, and all that other stuff. I'm telling you, whatever you have to do, be there. It's going to be in the, some mountain range in southeast Oklahoma. It's a couple-hour drive. And there's going to be a move of God amongst men at that retreat. I don't have all the details to give you. Hopefully, someone will smarter than me can help you with that. It's very inexpensive. If, and, and let me just tell you, come and see me or Curtis. I'll pay you. I'm not kidding you. I'll make it free to you, whoever wants to go. Because provision follows vision. The reason there's not a surplus of provision in our lives is there's the wrong vision that we're aiming toward. But fellas, I'm just telling you, don't roll your eyes. Don't act like you got a golf game or you're in a bowling league or you got to play pickleball. Well, you know, I got to play pickleball. No, I, and you guys that get hurt playing pickleball, don't tell people. <laughs> tell, tell people that you're in a massive train wreck. Lie, I'm, I, lie if you have to. Don't say, well, yeah, I'm having a heart. Here, help me out of my truck. I got, I got a pickleball injury. <laughs> Don't do it. There's going to be ministry on both sides of the stage. Are we playing pickleball at that retreat? Okay, let me just tell you. We're not playing pickleball at that retreat, just so you know. We're going to throw rocks at each other. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> We're going to do everything we did, and our parents told us we couldn't. <laughs> the wheels are coming off here. I've got an excuse for this right now. Yesterday was 31 hours for me. I'm just saying. Um, 
I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Um, is there anybody in here right now that you need to get your life right with God? Just put your hand up if that's you. Just say, man, I want to get my life right with God today. God bless you. God bless anybody. Just, you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, just raise your hand. God bless you guys. I'm proud of you. Anybody else? God bless you. You're in the dark, but I think that was a fella. Let me just help you. It, there's something triggers in me when men do this at this time. I'm just so thankful to God that he's put this church here. But girls, we want to include you as well. You get to go to heaven. I'm, again, I'm not looking over here. People say, why do you leave this side go outside? Well, it's just so much quicker. And I avoid... Is Sandy amazing to you guys or not? Is she? And really, honestly, nobody's buying what I'm selling about it either. They, I'm, I'm the one at fault. Um, but if you're here and you get your life right with God, you need to make Jesus Lord of your life, haven't raised your hand yet, please put it up now. Please. God bless you. You guys who raised your hand, I'm going to pray with everybody. After the service, I want to shake your hand right here. So I'll come off the stage. You guys who raised your hand, I just want you to come, and I just want to shake your hand. It's a, bi it's a big deal. I'll tell you, when I made the decision to make Jesus Lord of my life, I answered an altar call similar to this. I came up front. I'll just do it. Just, if you raise your hand, just come down to the front right now. Hurry up. Come on. If you didn't raise your hand, you didn't get your life around God. Come down to the front. Proud of you, buddy. I'll tell you, can I tell you something? You're all yoked up and stuff. Can I tell you? Um, we, can, we can win the world with guys like you. No offense, but Paul said there's not many noble among us. You're not disqualified. You hear me? If somebody tells you you are, they're a liar. Everything turns around now. Everything's real right now. What's your name? Say again. Maravelle. Okay, you win. I'm just Bill. What's your name? Mason. That name means a lot to me. Is there anybody else need to get your life right with God? Just come down. Please. I, I believe there is. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. I know there is.
think there's one more. You do? What's your name? Sega? Seb? What's that mean? Oh. Okay, you win too. Okay, we need one more, right, Seb? I've never met a Seb before. Sandy, have you ever met a Seb? He's got like three heads of hair too. All the bald guys are going, what the heck? Can't have everything, huh? I got, I got my guy standing in a guard here. <laughs> Is there anyone else? Come on. We've, we've got to go to lunch. We're Christians. I need one more. What's your name? Pleased to meet you. Now listen, I didn't bring you up here to embarrass you. Yeah, I'm going to pick fun at you. I'm going to have fun too. But that's the reason is this has got to mean something. Does that make sense? People are looking at you. People are hoping this sticks with you. Man, the life, how old are you? The life God has for you. Do you know if someone would have pressured or, or talked me into doing what you just did when I was 19, I missed out on a lot of torment and bad living. You get to miss out on that now. I do remember. Thanks for reminding me. But you're not in this alone. You can, we want to say we're self-made. We want to say, no, I can do it. I'm, we can't. We need help. And look around. That's all you got here. You've got men and women that are, that are, are ready for me just to snap my finger because they want to run up here to hook their wagon to you. And God's hands in your life, you know that? I'm not kidding you. Let's pray. Just us. These guys don't get this blessing. Just y'all. Say this with me. Father God, I give you my life. I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I'm trusting you, God, with everything. I'm giving you every part of my life, even the parts that are hard to give. God, forgive my sin. Cleanse my iniquity. Put my feet upon your path. I'm going to run this race as one who wins. I'm not losing another day of my life 
I choose today to win in my life. God, I thank you for your blessing to come upon me and overtake me. My name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life because Jesus is Lord of my life. I'm going to heaven, and I'll never smell the scent of hell. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutchurch.com.